Welcome back. This is episode 15 of Books Closed. This episode is sponsored by Blue Letter Books, bringing you tattoo books full of history and classic reference. And Split Arrow Prints. Print like you give a shit. This week we're going to try something a little different. I've brought back my frequent co-host from last season, Jason Scott, and I'm going to bamboozle him and take him on a journey through a little presentation I've prepared. I wanted to talk this week about some tattoo companies and products and businesses and stuff that goes beyond just the tattoo. And some of these companies are owned by tattooers and some of them aren't. Can you think off the top of your head any tattoo products you've seen in the recent past that are unnecessary? Yeah, most of them, (laughs) if not all of them. (laughs) I am definitely not up on current tattoo trends and especially with equipment. I'm a creature of habit and I'm pretty stuck in my ways and I still use what I used when I started tattooing for the most part. Because that's all you need, really. Yeah. When I started tattooing, I was definitely try every new product and try to, like anything that would help me or, you know, like, like, like try to level the playing field at all. Right. It's trying to appeal to younger tattooers, all these gimmicky things. Absolutely. And that works. I mean, yeah. You know, Steven's chair, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. Yeah, know. one of our coworkers bought a Mac Daddy chair yeah. that was very expensive. It's a great chair, though. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, if you fraction it over the time, I mean, or if you get into you know rotaries and all that stuff, and if I mean, if anything is efficient or less wear and tear in your body, especially over a long career, yeah, maybe me being twenty x years in, I have a different perspective than somebody who's two years in looking at twenty more years. Yeah, so I'm eager to see what some of the stuff because I'm definitely not up on it. The first one is more of a service, and this was something that caught my eye recently, and I did a little research into it, and it all began with an episode of the TV show called Dragon's Den, which is the Canadian version of what we know as Shark Tank. And so this was in 2014. Good afternoon, Dragons. My name is Lee Roller. I'm from Creston, BC, now residing in Burlington, Ontario, and my company is called Custom Tattoo Design. So what we have here is a very polished young man who doesn't appear to have any tattoos. And he marched into the Dragon's Den set in front of the dragons. And he's got three women with him. Ladies, if you can just show these guys, remove your coats, they're going to show you some of the work that they've had done. So the women had like business casual attire and then they wowed the dragons by taking their jackets off and they've got sleeves and chest pieces and stuff. The premise of exactly what we do is somebody would come to my website and they would send us their ideas. And I would say, you know, do you have any reference pictures so we can understand the styling that you're after, um, the things that you like? And then from there, what we do is we take a 50% deposit up front and then they work one-on-one with the artist to make a custom design. So this business, Custom Tattoo Design. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be a middleman for exactly what we do anyway. Right. Okay. Right. So you go to his website and you spill your hopes and dreams to an artist that you don't necessarily choose. You just go to the website, put in your information, and then they assign you to an artist and that artist prepares your tattoo design. And then he does it or someone else does it? Let's continue. Okay. So here's the beauty of my whole company. I can get the best artists from anywhere on this planet. Right now, I've got a guy in Hong Kong. I've got a guy in California. I've got a guy 
pretty much everywhere. So what's different? I mean, there's lots of people kind of aggregating and accessing great artists across sure. the globe. Sure. So what's new about what you're doing? It's not necessarily new. I can tell you that nowhere in the world right now, nowhere on the planet, is there a business where people can reach out with an artist or a tattoo artist and get design work done and the way that they want it. Because tattoo artists are incapable of giving you a design how you want it. This is kind of his premise, is what he's setting, what he's saying, which is annoying. Like real artists do the designs instead of the tattoo artists? I think he's playing on the idea that people aren't always happy with their design from a tattoo artist. But the, so but he's built an entire company on that idea. So instead of them being limited to the, you know, the couple of shops in town, the 10 artists, mm-hmm. now they're globally connected because of him to a better artist somewhere else that's going to do a better job but just of the design and then you're still limited to your local shops to get the tattoo done and you're the agent of the artist you don't actually do any work on anybody's body but then but then you still once i've got that art i still have to rely on the fact that i've got to go into somebody to execute that art well sure but but much like what kevin would say um and and many other people our job is done from that point oh so he doesn't care what happens after he disperses this design to you. Our job is done from that point. And he's got to know that he's setting you up for failure. Because if you can't even trust a tattooer to draw your tattoo, do you think they have any chance in hell of tattooing it? No. <laughs> no. No. Of course not. It just, it, it, to me, this adds up not at all. And this it, guy's got the biggest shit-eating grin on his face the whole time he's giving this this pitch thinks he's a genius yeah and in a way he is because he's on tv let's continue we do what's called custom graphic layover so i will take the design we've done for you and place it anywhere on your body you like i can show it to you bigger smaller so he pulls out this big poster card and one of the things that they provide to you once you get the design done they send you back an image of like a like a stock image of a body of like a man's arm or a woman's ribs or something because they're all with, the same right yeah. exactly <laughs> it's like in this particular one that they're showing it's like a bikini woman and she's got a tattoo photoshopped onto her ribs and the side of her stomach but what he's not taking into account or at least he's not mentioning is that they're just photoshopping a flat image onto like a full a torso. Surface. Right. And I've seen it where they do it with sleeves, where they'll show a half sleeve and they do the drawing and then they just put it flat onto your arm. And it's it's stuff that will not look like that at all once once reality comes. Wow. It's crazy. Give me an example. What would a typical design cost? Uh, right. Something like the girls have in their arms. Sure. So something like Nicole has here is going to be $300. $300 to have a sleeve drawn for you. With unlimited edits and unlimited... Well, um, and then what's his fee, right? So the artist isn't getting 300 $300, how much does you, how yeah, much goes to the sure, artist? I, 33% is always our gross take on all the artwork. So the artist gets 200 bucks. Correct. It's horrible. <laughs> then the poor artist has to deal with somebody else's drawing when they bring it in. Mm-hmm. Not only do they have to adhere by someone else's drawing, but they're not getting their due for doing the drawing either. And you know that the people that are attracted to this because they're preying on the person who knows in their head, I'm picky, or maybe they had an experience where they didn't get the changes that they wanted on a tattoo. So this is someone who has labored over this back and forth with this custom tattoo design website where they're getting all these redraws. And then once they take that to an artist, if the actual tattooer makes any suggestion, they're not going to take it because they've been told that they can get this thing. True. 
to me, this is such a, a crazy business. And then at the end of this, they all, one or two of the guys, or no, the one guy buys into it. He and did. he's all excited. Oh, man. Yeah. I thought they were going to laugh him out the door. No. The one, the one woman was very critical of it. And even at the end, she said she didn't think it could work. It's not going to be good. I think you haven't proven that you know thousands of artists around the world that are instantly ready to sign up with you. I think anybody can do this, Lee, and I don't mm. buy into the extrapolated conclusions you've drawn based on the small history. So my view is that I'm, I, I'll be out. Okay, thank you. People don't realize we'll do the drawing for free. Right. You know? Yeah. Because now they're going to pay $300 for drawing and then pay, you know, X amount for a whole sleeve when they would have paid the same amount for the sleeve, had something drawn by the artist doing it that fits him better, that suits you better, that, you know. I just picture someone being cheap with the tattoo because they're already $300 into it. Or 200 or 100 based on the size of it. Yeah. It's gimmicky, you know. I think the people, I think there is people that maybe are so specific, but again, those poor artists that are going to have to do 15 redraws of every, you know, for $200. How many redraws you get? Is it like a, I think it's unlimited. It's satisfaction guaranteed. Wow. Bad idea. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I saw this and I wondered who is this guy, Lee Roller, who's created this idea in this company? Because he didn't appear to have tattoos on the show, but you never know. He had a long sleeve shirt on with his sleeves cuffed up a little bit. So maybe he was covered under there. Who knows? Once he got the backing of one of the dragons, then you can you can almost trace it online. The evolution of custom tattoo design in the, their YouTube channel started to have some new advertisement videos. The best part of custom tattoo design is it's 100% yours. No one will ever have the same design as you'll have. You're gonna get the copyrights and a certificate of authenticity to make sure that you never see that tattoo on anyone else ever. So wow. not only do you get the design and a digital graphic layover, you get the copyright and a certificate of authenticity. <laughs> because that guarantees that no one else will ever have it. Wow. <laughs> is he working with tattoo artists or is he working with like graphic designers? And... I'm glad you asked. Okay. I was curious, is this guy a tattooer? Yeah. I saw another video that they had put up. Or they did a whole series of videos after this, after they had the investor. And their way of trying to make viral YouTube videos was him, Lee, critiquing celebrities' tattoos, which is like good clickbait titles. And uh, so I found this one in particular, where he critiques Adam Levine's back piece, which I know was done by Brian Randolph. So it's a, it's a cool tattoo. And I was very curious as to what old Lee would have to say about it, the expert on tattoos. As am I. <laughs> So first we've got um, Adam Levine's back tattoo. Um, I've looked at this quite a few times. Not everybody's seen it, but obviously uh, we can speak to it today. It's kind of a a funny tattoo because it looks good. You can tell what it is from a distance. When you really get down to looking at things like the line work in the tattoo design or the cleanliness of the design, it's actually really clean. And what I mean by that is you can tell what it is from a distance. Covers. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's. It's a mermaid. She's got a skull. Her arms are kind of wrapped around and it's got wings coming from behind her and like a sky scene and a sea and there's a ship and, and stuff. But like the main image is this mermaid woman holding a skull and then it's got kind of like a cool frame around it with a rose at the bottom. It's all black and gray. To pull lines all the way down the back and keep them straight and then continue all the way down to the lower back is a lot more difficult than you think because you've got somebody trying to pull 
a single line and not go back over it and that can be very difficult so you want to think about that sometimes when you have a big border like you do here <laughs> so lee's here to tell you that tattooing is hard <laughs> thanks lee yeah <laughs> um you'll see down at the very bottom there at the bottom of her tail it looks like the artist was coming around and said oh i'm gonna run into the bottom of his own frame there um, and so the tail comes back in and back out and in my opinion it looks a little bit sloppy <laughs> The design goes out of the frame and then back in again? No, it's there's like a frame around it. Yeah. And then towards the bottom of it, the tail curls around like this. And he's saying at the bottom of the tail, the line goes down and then dips up and back down. Yeah. But any tattooer or even non-tattooers can see that it's because this is the center of a back that dips in, which will cause the curve. But right. Lee, who photoshops tattoos over stock images of muscle doesn't people, have that problem. he's not sure. He doesn't. His designs are never affected by the contours of the body. Bulletproof business plan. Fuck Adam Levine, right? He got screwed because he didn't use custom tattoo designs. <laughs> so in this video also, I will point out that our friend Lee is wearing a t-shirt and you can see he's got two or three tattoos on his upper arms that are just peeking out. So that leads me to be even more curious. Is Lee a tattooer? After hearing his thoughts and his opinions and hearing some of these other videos, there's like, I don't know, maybe a couple dozen of these videos, David Beckham, any celebrity with like notable tattoos, he's doing a critique video on them. So I searched around the internet and I happened to find Lee Roller on LinkedIn and he's listed as the CEO and founder at Custom Tattoo Design, Inc. So I'm looking for anything that might indicate that he tattoos. And if he's presenting his LinkedIn profile as like a business thing, then he probably wouldn't have a tattooing job listed on it. But you might see a lapse in work experience. That could be a time where he tattooed. Well, there's no, there is none of that. Young Lee went to the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology for a bachelor's in marketing and management. And then after that, he was a used car salesman. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Priming him, giving him his sales experience. And I'm not knocking his business sense because obviously he does have a strength in business. And then other sales jobs. And then and then he landed January 2014, custom tattoo design. So this is just what he does. He came up with this idea. He got a couple tattoos and said, I want to be part of the tattoo world. And here he is. He goes on television he gets financial backing from a television show investor, and now they're rocking and rolling, and Young Lee doesn't tattoo. Then poking around more, I found uh, an article that he had written for Inked Magazine, or at least their website, entitled, Is the Tattoo Industry Broken? It says, let me open this topic by saying this. The tattoo industry is broken and frankly is notorious for horrible customer service. <laughs> how, how would he know? Right. He's been tattooed three times. Right. Then probably at the same place three times. Right. Right. The other side of that coin is most tattoo artists are awesome people and some of the most real humans left on this planet. So he's like, tattoo artists are real and awesome, but they fucking suck at their jobs. So let me show them how it's done and then make this better for their customers who they do not know how to treat properly and then he goes on and it's just so salesy for this thing and there and there's images with examples of these like skin tear out 
painterly, no outline 3D scenes with 3D butterflies shooting off the back on some stock image of a woman's back. And then he goes down to talk about first-time customers, and then he tells you what happens in tattoo shops. In most cases, the tattoo artist will draw a simple sketch and talk the customer into making changes that suit their own style or preference. If you booked your tattoo on a Tuesday and you see the sketch five minutes before your appointment, how can you possibly make changes? In most cases, first-time customers trust the artist and end up getting something much different than they had planned in their head. And that would just be terrible, because what you should do is use his site and pay him hundreds of dollars to so you can tirelessly go back and forth and nitpick designs until they're completely untattooable. Right. And I don't think they would ever tell you, no, this sh- shouldn't be tattooed that way. Well, no, they want to close the deal. They wanna, sure. They want to get to the end. Right. So they're going to... They're going to give you what you want. Which, as we know as tattooers, is not always the best for the tattoo. It sounds like a school class project, final project. It probably was. You know what I mean? Because, like, I've, you know, I had friends growing up who in in school, art art school or whatever, but they had some design classes. Like, I'm going to make the perfect massage table. You know, so every time I tattoo them, they'd try to pick my brain on, you know, like, what if it did this? What if it did that? And everything, I I had an answer for everything, why it wasn't going to work, because... That's why it doesn't already exist, you know? Yeah. But it was just a final project, so it was a hypothetical thing, and they just had to, like, engineer it and design it and make it, and they actually made a a physical product. But he was thinking at one point, what if it really, you know, took off and, you know, became a new, and I was, but that sounds like the same thing. Sounds like a marketing final paper for college, you know? Right. Yeah, the assignment is, like, identify a problem in an industry. Yeah. And then create the service or product that you feel can fill that void. Right. And then he did it. And then he did. And then it worked because he went on fucking TV and then used the popularity of tattoos as, like, a a gimmick. I mean... It's it's tough because people outside of tattooing, this might sound like how a lot of businesses start, and it totally is. Oh yeah. But there's a total. There's just a different set of ethics that exist in tattooing that people from the outside will never understand, and that's why it always seems so apparent when someone like old Lee here just waltzes into tattooing and tries to tell you that you know how it is and how tattoo shops work. He sat in an office his whole career. Right, right. So you almost can't blame him for. It's like apprentices learning from people that shouldn't be teaching. You know, people how to tattoo. Can't really blame the apprentice for not learning what his teacher didn't know. Right. So it's like the system was broken somewhere. So I think it's the same thing when people come in that don't understand. Like they were doing portraits in the teens and the twenties, little tiny George Washington portraits, and and I think they kind of realized that it didn't work. They tried it, and then they kind of ended up where they ended up, and then. Now we're kind of going back down a road of people think they can do anything. Right. And if you can get a photo, it's, it's done. Like people don't understand if there's a shop in a town that's doing okay, it doesn't mean it needs four more shops. It's not a pizza place, you know, or it's not another business. It's like, like people think the old guys were mean. I think they were just smart trying to protect what they had. They They're just it. direct. And maybe they didn't always go about it in the best customer service of way, course. but it's always in the best interest of the tattoo. Absolutely. At least. Absolutely. And I think now most people have found that balance where you can be good to your customers and pleasant and nice and then also be direct in a way where they're not offended or you don't have to tell them your design's stupid or your idea is shit. You can just say, well, you know, maybe we should look at it this way. And then most people are going to be receptive to that. And if they're not, that's their prerogative, but they can usually they're going to find a shop that will do what they want and it's not the best idea. So that stuff look like tattoos or does it look like? No, 
No. Looks like like graphic designers doing yeah. making tattoos. Right. So they do recommend somebody near you? Or yeah. you're just on your own to bring it to your own guy? You're on your own, like you said in the video. You their job is once you get their once, job is done. Once you approve it, they send you all the they send you your certificate of authenticity and you're on and your own. You're line pal. drawing in your color. You probably don't even get a line drawing. So I will full disclosure, I had a personal experience with custom tattoo design and I had a potential customer email me with a link to their to what you get when you after your design is complete. Really? So I saw this firsthand and this that was my first spark wow. of interest. Do you think there's any other business or industry in the world that has that same like closed feeling that tattooing does marcus coon used to joke about he, he said do you think in the cheese world there's a like there's guys that you know like oh his gouda sucks and his you know like do you think they're that competitive and do you think they're I bet that, they are like, i bet they are too i bet every you know they're like, like there's so many little worlds that we don't know about it's just the world that we're in, we know about, right? right? Well, think about like wine yep. or craft beer or that absolutely. kind of stuff. Because that's very personal. Absolutely. Those are like small businesses with like small teams of probably friends or whatever yeah. who starts it. Everyone's a critic. Everyone's yeah. got, you know, mm -hmm. it's interesting. So I think we were just always kind of, they were good at keeping all that out. And then somehow it just, it just caved in. It's like, but I think we're just catching up to other businesses that have always been that way. It's just lost some of the charm and the magic that I had when it was, you know, a little more hand delivered from one person to another. But. Right. But I guess all this bullshit just makes the the real stuff seem that much better still because it's course. just that contrast. Like with anything, there's always good and bad within whatever. But so, yeah, when I when I got the email from that from that guy, he had sent me it was actually a cover up so they can even design your cover up. Well, yeah, because when they hyper photo, it just yeah, covers anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yellow cover black. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> but they sent him, and I even got to see his certificate of authenticity. It was stunning. Yeah, serial number and everything. And was it three hundred dollars or more or less? Do you remember? It was. I think I asked him some specifics about it, and he never wrote back because I told him I couldn't do it. Yeah. So he was like, "I'm not going to waste another minute with this chump. I've already wasted time getting this design." But it was a, a completely untattooable design of a, a map. I'm pretty sure I had a compass on it, but it looked like a bunch of images photoshopped together and then kind of like blurred around and smoothed out. And then there was like a dark area that was supposed to just cover this tattoo. It was really bad. And I hope, I mean, I hope that the guy didn't get that tattoo, but I, I would imagine he got a version of it because oh, yeah. he paid for the design. Yeah, he was already but... in too deep. You just went on to the next person. Right, because when I told him that I would need to modify it, but we could do an idea like that maybe, he didn't even respond. So he had no patience for changes, and that's what, to me, is annoying about it because well, there's no there's no room for interpretation no. when someone has put that much work into the design with somebody already, else. Right, they're already exhausted from, yeah. you know. Yeah, he's already gone the extra mile in his mind. Like he's doing the right thing or doing the better job, and I can't probably convince him that that's not true. Because I'm just one of these evil tattooers. Right, like, why don't you just do it? I brought it to you. Right. All you got to do is do it. Right. The work's well, already if they're, done. Well, if they're reading the shit that, that the custom tattoos design is writing, then they're like, well, no, this is what they told me would happen. Yeah. I'd go to the tattoo shop and they're not going to give, they're going to do what suits their style. Which they should probably do, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's why we have multiple people and multiple styles and portfolios for you to look through and pick the right person. You know, that's. So I was searching around to see how does. Lee find his artists and 
just from searching his name, I could find multiple Facebook posts where he's just like cold calling people on their Facebook pages. Like for in particular, there's this one. Um, it looks like a woman from from Europe somewhere. And it seems like a younger woman, probably. She does like pen and ink drawings, uh, cross hatch kind of stuff with like horror characters and clowns and just kind of like darker kind of stuff. Not tattoo art whatsoever. The drawings are fine, but they're not tattoos. She's a tattooer or no? She's no, just an artist. No, this okay. is just her art page. Okay. And she's got a link to her deviant art. She's just an artist doing yep. her thing. Not a huge following, but she's got something going on. She's she's fine. She's a fine artist. And then so there's a post. Hello, my name is Lee Roller and I own the company Custom Tattoo Design. I think you're a great artist. And if you're interested, we would like to offer you the opportunity to draw custom tattoo designs for us. The biggest difference with my company over others like Tattoo Do is that we don't do contests. We pay our artists for every piece of artwork they provide. Also, we let our artists work as much or as little as they like. So he's just going on and cold calling anyone he can find. And so when he's boasting this network of artists around the world that he has. Right now I've got a guy in Hong Kong. I've got a guy in California. I've got a guy pretty much everywhere. These are not tattooers at all. Not even a hope. And then he's like publicly shitting on the competition. Right. Because <laughs> I think I think when Tattoo Do started, I'm pretty sure in the interview I did with Ami James, he said that when they started, they were doing uh, some sort of tattoo design service like this. But I, I, I would assume that they had the wherewithal to actually get tattooers that wanted to do it. Yeah, of course. Right, which is probably why it didn't work it, it, because that's harder to sustain than just finding anybody. Right, but that might actually work if it was that could work. Yeah, if it was right, mm-hmm. like say you wanted, you know, a, you know, not that you're going to get Philip Blue to do something, but I mean, if it was a certain style of something, and that guy lives, you know, a four thousand dollar plane right away, maybe if you know if they were willing to design it on the side for a fee, and then have somebody else, you know, like capable or at least you know interested in and capable. But then again, I mean, you can buy a sheet of flash or a painting or a print and get it tattooed on you. It would be the same thing. Buy a Rubenthal print and have your guy tattoo it on you. I mean, wouldn't that be the same thing? Yeah, but it's not custom. Yeah, true. I guess anyone could do that, right? So, But it's funny how he picks on there every fear. Right. You know, like, like how are you going to show up a half an hour before your appointment and have it be perfect? It's like, because you already had the consultation and you already told him what you wanted. Of course, you know. But isn't that marketing? It's just yeah, like those as seen on TV things where they're like, ow, and they're slamming yep. their feet. And they're like, don't you hate when you put your thumb in the in the trash compactor and you lose your hands? It's like, <laughs> well, that doesn't usually happen. But now I'm terrified. Yeah, so I'm going to buy this trash can that's super safe. Yeah. Yep. Fear. <laughs> yeah. It works. Yeah. It's a... I mean, it's obviously working for some people. Yeah, that's a weird one. checking back on old Lee and the progress he made. So all that happened on Dragon's Den in 2014. And then I found an article from 2016 about Lee Roller and his investor, Bruce Croxon, from the show, are still working together. They're growing aggressively, Bruce said. And they've grown from 10 to 100 artists. They enjoy double-digit, month-over-month revenue growth. So it's working. They're growing. They're doing a lot of custom tattoo designs. Then they come up with an idea. They want to do temporary tattoos. Temporary ink. And it's the same kind of thing. They want to sell 
Your custom design temporary tattoo? Yeah, custom design temporary tattoo. You work tattoos. with the artist and then they just mail you a. I'm pretty sure. Or they probably take designs that were done for their site or for custom tattoo designs and they're just using those. So it's an endless. So it's, it's just selling it again. It's like doing the painting, sell the painting, sell the prints, tattoo it, you get paid on it three times. Lee said in 2016, we want to be a $55 million company in three years. In the past 18 months, we've proven that there is a market. Now it's about scaling. Temporary Ink is already promising to be substantially bigger than custom tattoo design. Maybe that's where he belongs. Maybe. And it, that's not a bad idea. Right. What about the people that are, you know, have a hard time? I can never commit to one thing. Da, 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 that's da. what they're saying. You want to try it on first. Yeah, so they're, it's like the same audience of people who need, you know, they need special care. Right. Or hand-holding. Yeah. He said in three years he wants to be a $55 million company. So since I was two, 2016 and now we're in 2019. You should be there. We can check in on temporary.inc and see how they're doing. And surprise website's down <laughs> it says we're not here right now good it actually when i clicked on it it said that my browser wouldn't even open it because it's a security risk <laughs> <laughs> sorry lee this episode is sponsored by blue letter books bringing you tattoo books full of history and classic reference and these books are chock full, cover to cover, full of useful stuff for any tattooer or if you just appreciate tattoo history and the old flash and all that cool stuff. I can firsthand say that I've had this book designed by Percy Waters on my desk at the shop in front of me for probably as long as I've had it since it came out. And it's got amazing reference in it. Anything you could ever need as far as traditional tattoo imagery goes, I think. I, I've always loved Percy Waters, but... This is a great resource, and uh, it's one of Blue Letter Books' fine contributions to the tattoo world. So if you're not familiar with this or some of the other books that they have put out, I would recommend that you get over to blueletterbooks.com, at blueletterbooks on Instagram, so you can stay up to date on what I'm sure will be more great books in the future. We're also sponsored by Split Arrow Prints. Print like you give a shit. Located in Atlanta, Georgia, Split Arrow Prints works with artists to make the best possible prints, stickers, and promotional materials. Their tattooer and artist-owned offering luxury printing service, including gicle printing with watercolor paper, die-cut stickers, convention banners, business cards, and more. They understand tattooers and the level of quality that you expect. Do you have an idea for a custom printing project? Well, Split Arrow Prints is not scared of your weird-ass idea. Get in touch with them today for a quote on your next printing order at splitarrowprints.com and follow them on Instagram at splitarrowprints. The best way to support books closed is by supporting our sponsors, so please check out Blue Letter Books and Split Arrow Prints. They had this stuff called Tap Begun, maybe in like the mid-90s. Like a topical thing? It was like, no, it was the stuff um, you tattooed into the skin oh right I remember. but they would sell it like in regular stores you know mm. but it was like an acid or something that you would tattoo over the tattoo and it would just pull it all out and did you ever see someone who used it yeah i remember uh cory krueger had a little little kanji or something his ex-wife might have put it on him or something you know but there was and he was like i'll try it just because i got this thing i want to get rid of anyway and and it was like a hole for like three months you know it was uh. like a weeping wet mess like took it out eventually but it's like 
What does it damage the skin yeah. too? Yeah, it, it just damages everything. It almost school like grafts it. Your body almost kind of like like grafts it out or pushes right. it out somehow. It's right. So it's another case of they're like, well, this can do this, but they don't tell you what else it's going to do or what else it's not going to do. Yeah. I could just picture some rednecks with like battery acid or something. Like if you water it down, it's not that strong. Right. You know? And it's like, it's probably what happened. You know, people used to say lemon juice and bleach and to try anything to tattoo it and pull, mm-hmm. pull it out. But this stuff pulled it out. All right. Last year, a video hit the internet and took the tattoo world by storm. This video showed a tattoo of a sound wave being played back the audio played when you held up an iphone to it and this seemed like a little bit of tat magic so i couldn't help myself but look into it a little further the company skin motion is owned by nate sigurd who's a tattooer from la and that honestly surprised me when i first realized it because this idea of the sound wave tattoos felt a little bit like a non-tattooer idea to me a little bit gimmicky the whole thing leaves me wondering uh, do these people who are getting the tattoos worry about the fact that their permanent tattoo is now connected to a smartphone app the whole playback of the tattoo is hinged on this app always being updated and always existing and then it opens up to the broader question of do we really need a digital component attached to everything in the world you find a shovel with bluetooth in it or a toaster that will send your phone a message when it's done toasting it just seems like a little bit of overkill as much as I like technology, I think that some things are good enough the way they are. The best way I can think to really figure out what's up with all of this sound wave tech tat madness is by talking to Nate himself. So your company is called Skin Motion. Yep, Skin Motion. At this point, is is the sound wave tattoo the main thing that Skin Motion is doing? Yeah, I mean, we we have like a really solid foundation built to be able to kind of like move into the full spectrum of AR tattoos, which I've done some like R&D for and I I have some ideas for other products. But for the most part, um, you know, we're focusing on the Soundwave tattoos really because like having an app company and building products and, and, and moving into tech really heavy like that is just like crazy expensive and uh, you know, the, the limits really are just that we're not trying to like take money from gnarly investors and become Google or something like that. So really it's like focusing on what we're good at and, and trying to grow from that organically rather than like force it to be some super huge thing before it should be. To break it down simply, what exactly is a sound wave tattoo? Um, so sound wave tattoo is basically just, uh, we take a recording of a sound and, uh, turn that into a sound wave. So uh, it's just like a visual representation of a sound. People have been getting them tattooed for a really long time. Um, I definitely was not the first person to ever tattoo one. Um, but I had never seen anyone play one back. And I'd been making augmented reality art and apps and whatever for, for a little. And uh, I did a sound wave tattoo on some of my friends. And after I was done, my girlfriend, Juliana, was like, wouldn't it be cool if we could play that sound back? And I just, I realized that was something I could do with augmented reality. So uh, I built like a demo app and I tattooed one on myself and made a video and kind of like everything in my life changed the next day. So you actually built the app yourself? Uh, In the first place, I was using like another company's augmented reality app to be able to make the overlays and stuff. And, um, you know, I was trying to figure out like how I could do that for how many thousands of people were like sending us emails 
And it was just like not the right way to do it. And so I talked to a couple of people who are like programmers and and, uh, who like know more than I do. And we kind of figured out like the best way to do it so that it would work for the most people and not like, I don't want to say completely take over my life because it has absolutely taken over my life. But um, like in a way of like doing monotonous things, like we were able to automate a lot of stuff. Yeah. So how long have you been tattooing now? I mean, 11 years since I started tattooing, but you know, when I say that I like have to check myself a little bit that like, I have not tattooed solely for 11 years. I, I like, I'm one of those people who just like has to do a thousand different things. So as far as your own tattooing now, what kind of uh, like style wise, what kind of stuff are you into outside? Cause I'm, I'm sure that you don't live and breathe to, to do just sound waves forever. No, I mean, I haven't been tattooing that much since the sound waves, uh, started and came out and everything we launched in, in a, but I, I definitely prefer to do like, um, geometric black work kind of mixed with realism. Like I spent a lot of time working with Mike DeVries and, uh, produced some video, like educational DVDs for him, like in 2009, 2010. Mm. And so I learned a lot of like that hyper realism style. And I kind of like to mix that with the geometric stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I think I've done like a lot of different styles since I started tattooing, but really like the thing that makes the most sense to me now is to kind of stick with like, the ge- black geometric dot work stuff. It just it, like heals the best. Um, and I'm, I guess I'm not like a super strong artist when it comes to like, you know, drawing everything out. And that wasn't really my background. Like my background being so like heavily digital, like lent itself more to doing that kind of work. What kind of response have you gotten from other tattooers since your first video launched about the sound waves? Well, you know, kind of surprisingly to me, uh, what I have heard from people is really positive. Um, I guess I'm, you know, I'm pretty fortunate that no one's come at me with like a really bad attitude. And I actually appreciate that I've been like, at least let alone in that way, because, you know, like in the back of my head, like I definitely can hear all the like gripes and groans, um, you know, and there's other people, there's people like the comment sections online and stuff. Like I had to learn really fast, like don't read the comments, you know, Um, (laughs) it's just like a consequence of reaching like half a billion people in a matter of a month you know, like that, that has a lot of reactions for a lot of people. So I, you know, I kind of just had to like shield myself from the opinions of other people. You know, I'm lucky that I got through it as clear headed and like, you know, even like killed as I did because I had so many different people all trying to tell me what to do. And I was really adamant that I not do something based on what other people wanted, but that like the reason it happened in the first place and the reason that I was the one who did it in the first place like that was because I would, you know, take care of it and like nurture it in a way that it wouldn't be like hoard out somehow, you know? Well, it sounds like you're, you're the unique person that had the specific skill sets to actually do this because you kind of, you, you, you needed to be a tattooer to make it work in a way that can actually be executed and actually realistically work. And then you needed to have the knowledge of the tech side and also the drive and the, the wherewithal to do it. So I don't know many other people that have the, a similar skill set to you in that regard. I'm not aware of anybody who does either, but yeah, I mean, it's, 
It's cool. There was a minute like right when, uh, right when I made the first sound wave and you know, I started going all crazy or whatever, where probably like the first or second day, actually it was like going viral. I sat down with my girlfriend we kind of looked at each other. It was like, okay, like if we do this, like if we commit to like make this a thing or whatever, it's going to like completely take over our lives. And is that really like something that we want to do? Because just as much as like I've been nonstop doing it since it started, so is she. She kind of she does all of our like customer service. Like anybody who writes to us or whatever, she's the one who responds and, and talks to everybody. So, um, you know, that was like a choice we had to make, and we did. And in a way, it's kind of been a sacrifice, uh, but also like it's given back so much. Like just the, the people who are writing to us and telling us about the way that it's changed their life and what it means to them or whatever, like even on my darkest days where I'm like, Oh my God, why do we do this? You know, those messages like make it worth it. So we keep going, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a tattooer, I know the importance of memorial tattoos or any tattoos that commemorate things for the people that get them. So this, I mean, this is kind of like the perfect thing for that to, to add another layer on top of the things that people have done for so long already, as far as the types of tattoos they get. But uh, typically I, f- I find myself kind of, critical of things like this that seem maybe gimmick based or they seem, you know, kind of like a specific uh, trend sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, I, I have the unfortunate privilege of being able to see myself from the outside and, you know, a lot of those same feelings of maybe this isn't the best thing I could do, you know, like, is this really what I want to like give to the world? Is this really what my like life work is supposed to be? I spent a lot of time thinking about stuff like that, but you know, I, I don't think it's every day that, you know, some random thing like this happens and changes, changes things so much. And I, you know, kind of feels like, you know, I, I know I'm a firm believer in that, like what you choose and like be responsible for, like affects your life and the outcome and everything. But there's also a large, a lot of part of me that's like, dude, like this is hap- this is like the craziest thing to happen to me. And I'm just happy that I can like be a good steward and make sure that these like, you know, kind of vampire money business people don't get in the way and take it over and turn it into something that's like really bad. Cause I mean, that's basically, that's basically the point it's at now is like, how do we move forward without it becoming that? Because as soon as you start building a website or an app or something where you're reaching, you know, like tens of thousands of people all like every day and you're having this like huge impact, there's all these people who want to take advantage of that and use it for their own, uh, their own interests or whatever. And I'm responsible for making sure it doesn't like get destroyed by someone else who doesn't understand the tattoo industry at all, who doesn't appreciate that, you know, the, the sentimental aspect of like how important these are to people. Um, there's a lot of stuff. So, you know, I've kind of just like taken on that and some days it's easier than others, but, um, do you ever have any worries about connecting something permanent, like a tattoo to technology, which can be pretty fleeting sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. I worry about that every day. But I also think that uh, it's it's not a reason not to do it. You know, I, I tried to like, there's like such a fine line between having ha- the company having to make enough money in order to sustain itself and, um, you know, really like 
I don't think anybody should get a tattoo that they don't fully understand and and like want the responsibility of getting and and understand the consequences. Like, you know, I I have always tried to explain to people like this is a really cool like add on to your tattoo, but like if the sole reason you're getting your tattoo is just to be able to play it back and like you wouldn't be happy if one day, 20 years from now, it doesn't play or whatever, then like you shouldn't get it. Like you should only do something that you really you feel drawn to. And surprisingly, like the people who've gotten them have been really stoked because, you know, once you play it back a few times and you like watch it play back, when you look at it, you can hear it. Like there's like a synthanasia experience of of having seen it played back so many times and having it be this like one particular sound that all of a sudden like your brain kind of like fills in that gap. So it's pretty cool in that regard. But, you know, like cell phones are 10 years old, like iPhones are 10 years old. Facebook is like not even 12 years old or something like that. Like are, you, there's no guarantee that any of this, te- and I think this is like an issue that came up for me just like in general because of our app and like we have no guarantee at all that technology is just like going to keep existing. It's definitely changed a lot in the last five, ten years and who knows what it's going to be like ten years from now even. So it's a, it's like a really hard thing to imagine and see. Like all I know is I can work really hard every day and make sure that you know, the company is at least in a place where it's able to keep servers running and stuff. So people could can keep using it for as long as like I have any control over that. Do you ever have any days where doubting yourself for your ideas or projects really makes you almost think differently? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think without like getting a chance to be creative, it, it gets more stuck. Like I get more stuck in my head and kind of like thinking about everything, I mean, especially now because I'm like wrangling data all day. Like my, the majority of my job is to like, make sure that like all this data is moving to the right places. Everything's being saved properly. You know, um, for a long time, it was just like dealing with lawyers and, and figuring out how to like structure companies and really like, it was a lot of like defending the like core truth of, that this is about people getting a tattoo and and what all that means and kind of everything goes into that because like no one else understands, right? Like from the business side, there's business people and they all have an idea of like how business goes and they want everything to go a particular way, but they don't get tattooing at all. And then from the tattooing side, there's everybody who's got this idea of like how tattooing is and like what it should be and like what needs to happen with that. But not a lot of them really understand like trying to start up an international business that is dealing with all these like super complex things and the internet and programmers and legal different stuff, whatever. And so I'm kind of like stuck in the middle and like, you know, the same way that understanding tattoos and understanding uh, tech allowed me to like invent the Soundwave tattoo in the first place. Like now I'm kind of walking this like path in between like tattooing and like straight up tech like business world, which is not my favorite place. Like I, the days I have to spend in tech business world are like not my favorite days. You know, it's like, I'm like, I have this like reluctant leader thing where like I'm the leader and I accept that. But at the same time, like this is, it's a lot. And I really like just doing tattoos and painting and making cool art. So, um, you know, I just, I hope, I hope, people can see that, you know, and I think it's like what you're doing with the podcast and stuff is, is rad because it's like, 
it's given me a way to see all these different things that and other people's perspectives and like stuff going on that I didn't really know about or, um, you know, like full on ideas and stuff that I've never even considered. And, you know, hopefully at this point, like what we're working on, what we're doing is is something that, that adds to what everyone else is doing and, and hopefully not something that people think is like taken away from it. The fact that you're actually a tattooer would give, I mean, should give people a little more patience or, uh, you know, at least give it a chance. Whereas, you know, versus like a custom tattoo design, which was built by not a tattooer. And you can tell, you know, right from everything about it, from the, from the graphics they use and everything they do, it's clearly not from inside tattooing. But on the other hand, why... Why do you think that tattooers are naturally maybe cynical or negative about change or new ideas or stuff like this? I have experienced a little bit of that, but it's more like on the internet and in comment sections and stuff. Like in real life, all the tattoo artists that I know and I'm friends with and hang out with, whatever, have always been like really supportive and really cool. And I think like there's just something about being on a computer, like on your phone where you're like not actually in person with somebody that gives people this like different persona that is way more aggressive and not, not very cool. And everyone I've met, like everyone I've talked to has been like, wow, man, that's like pretty cool. And I can't believe you did that. But there is a degree of like, they don't know me. They don't know what I'm doing. You know, beforehand, like somebody I'm just meeting, And so they don't know that I'm not just some corporate tech guy trying to take over the tattoo industry, you know? Um, So I get that. Like, and, and I don't take it personally, really. But I guess when I started tattooing was when, like, and one of the first tattooers that I spent any amount of time, like, hanging out with um, was this guy, Carson Hill. He invented the Numa tattoo machine. And anybody who doesn't know, the Numa tattoo machine was, like, one of the first alternatives to coils that like kind of caught on. And that was like right when I was starting and Carson was actually apprenticed by Jim who apprenticed me. So it was kind of this little web that I was in just like out outside LA. So Carson was making these new tattoo machines that ran on air and they were tiny and they were loud and people fucking hated them. You know, uh, I mean, people loved them too. There were people who were using them and were super stoked, but like the tattoo community fucking hated them. And, um, And I thought it was cool, you know, like I thought it was different. I thought like how cool that we could use technology to improve something that's a hundred years old, you know, like I don't necessarily think it was trying to shit on coils and and the history and all that stuff. It was just like, Hey, like we have technology now, like let's use it, you know, like let's see what we can do. And I, so I kind of came up with that attitude. You know, I, I, I got coils. I used coils. I, you know, I, I at least like made an attempt to like, at least experience that perspective. But, you know, working with, working with Numa's and, and Carson and, and then, um, I actually got tattooed by like Guy Atkinson, Guy Atkinson and, uh, and Carson and uh, Ty McEwen and, uh, Dan Plumley like all at the same time one day. And they were all using all these different tattoo machines, whatever, like, you know, it's kind of just like this exciting time of we were coming into the 2000s and everybody was trying new shit. And that's that's kind of been the way that it's always been for me when I was tattooing. You know, it's like we went from the Numas and then everything started being all rotaries or whatever. And and then I spent all this time with Mike DeVries and he's doing all this like hyper portrait realism stuff. 
and all the guys who worked at his shop over the years and that so it's always kind of been these people who are like doing things differently than the traditional tattoo community and you know just as like a punk kid from LA and like those were all the people I was hanging out with and talking to like it just made sense if it was time to build an app that like made tattoos meanings more more understandable for people on the because they have meanings for everybody who has one right like everybody who has a tattoo knows what the tattoo means to them and, and and honestly i have plenty of tattoos that don't really mean anything i just like the way that they look or i wanted to get get it from this particular person collect something from them i think we can't like just say no to technology because it's not part of our history when it could offer some new stuff i don't necessarily think that anything about the future or what's new or anything is decided like we get to decide that we get to decide it together that's the cool part like now I I have 600 tattoo artists on the Skin Motion network that I get to communicate with regularly and hear their opinions and talk to them about what they're doing or whatever and that's awesome like that's so like having the, that instant feedback from everybody about like what they think and what you know what way they think we should go or whatever like that's the coolest thing that we could possibly have I can't imagine not having that yeah and I think you're spot on saying how it, it's almost like divided by styles of tattooing as far as how the outlook that people have on new ideas or old ideas or whatever it may be. And I feel like in traditional tattooing, it definitely is uh, a lot of people who are trying to stay rooted in those traditions and in the past and stuff. I was watching one of your episodes uh, from the first season yesterday. You were talking about how people who weren't getting traditional tattoos, like didn't actually want tattoos. Those like little teeny tiny tattoos people are getting the little fine line ones of the little shape or whatever, you know, I, I want a little triangle or, you know, some of the tattoos that I've put on Instagram that are like the simplest and I want to say lamest, but like the, the least tattoo kind of tattoos are the ones that get the most attention. And that's exactly what you were talking about. And I had, you know, I kind of didn't really consider that there were all these people who want to get like permanent jewelry or like a little uh, little trinket or something, but to, it wasn't really a tattoo. And I never really thought about that. You know, when I started tattooing, like I didn't want to put black in tattoos. I thought I was like, oh no, it's too dark. That's not me. Like I don't want to get these big black tattoos. Well, and it makes sense who I was hanging out with because none of those guys were putting big black lines in tattoo. Everybody was doing really like fine color, you know, delicate kind of watercolor, whatever tattoos. But like. As I grew as a tattooer and over the years, like I, I started to get to a point where I only wanted to use black and I only wanted to make tattoos that were bolder, that I knew would last, that, uh, that were like actual tattoos. But I never thought about that before. And it like really, it really hit me because, you know, like when I started tattooing, I didn't really, I didn't really like tattoos in the sense that a lot of traditional tattoo artists would consider tattoos either. But it, I didn't know that. I didn't have the education. I didn't understand. And really, like, you know, out here I had the choice of going into a, a biker shop where I had no business being as a little nerdy, like, punk rock kid or hanging out with all these dudes who were working out of little private shops and doing all this crazy technology shit and were kind of getting pushed, pushed out, pushed out. And finally they started building their own scene or whatever. And it became a thing. And, you know, so it was like through that process that I actually got to like learn like what is a good tattoo, what is a real tattoo and like, you know, figure out 
you know, what's going to last and stuff like that. So, yeah, you know, I think there's, there's definitely merit in having an understanding of tattooing from that perspective, but I don't necessarily think that it's something, you know, that like, God, especially now, I mean, having interacted with like thousands of artists around the world, like it's rare. It's much, much, much more rare now that the, that, you know, that tattoo artists understand that a tattoo should have all these like techniques and, and principles done to it or whatever. Like, for the most part, as far as I can tell, you know, what's popular and what's spreading and what people are working on is is not that by a large majority. And I, I don't think I don't think you see that when you've got an algorithm that's feeding you back everything that you like. You know, but when I like I had I personally went through and like approved hundreds of artists. And so I went to their websites, and I looked at their Instagrams, I looked at their Facebooks, just just to make sure that they weren't gonna like fuck people up. And I was like blown away by what I saw, you know, like it's something that I think is worth doing, like going outside of your like comfort zone, little niche and like seeing what else is really going on out there. And I think about that sort of stuff a lot. And and like you were saying about people who, who don't really seem to want tattoos at the same time, I can kind of look at it and appreciate someone just seeing something and visually liking it and wanting to get it tattooed even if it's cliche or unoriginal or whatever, like none of that bothers me. So uh, sometimes I can kind of see it for what it is and appreciate someone just uh, similar to like picking some flash off the wall or something. I think it's cool when people just like how something looks and they get it tattooed. Um, so I'm always kind of torn when it comes to that stuff. Well, I, I, I think being able to see it like from both ways is like how you know you're not just like bought into some dogma. You know, like if if it's just one way and that's the way it has to be and you're like maintaining this norm or whatever, then like that's not really like free thought or being creative or whatever. And that's why we started doing this this in the first place. So we don't have to have a boss. We have to follow all these rules, whatever. And at least for me, (laughs) that was a big reason why I started doing this. And, you know, at a certain point, like if if what you believe in what you're writing on the internet all the time and what you're doing is like just out of a bunch of dogma, like, is that really original and creative and stuff anyway? Like, I don't know. It's funny to think that tattooers, we we're supposed to be the outsiders or like some, some of us feel like we're the outsiders in society or whatever, but it's just so not that anymore to the point where someone like you who is doing something different, and if people are going to judge it or maybe discredit it, you become the outsider. The people who are working the hardest to do something new or different become the outsiders in the supposed group of outsiders. It's, it's kind of a weird dynamic that I'm, I see happening a lot. I just try to be respectful. You know, I figure like as long as I have respect and I treat people well and, you know, I it's like actions speak so much louder than words and making sure that, you know, the interactions I have with people and the things that I choose to do and in in all of life, not just for tattooing, but, you know, particularly I think for the company, for what we're doing, like it's important that the respect for tattooing, the respect for the people who are getting the tattoos. I mean, like really the biggest turning point for me, I think, which kind of let this whole thing happen, whatever was like, maybe five or six years ago, I started getting pretty heavy into like doing 
a lot of like personal work with plant medicines. And uh, it was like getting into like doing a lot of spiritual, like deep spiritual work that I realized that's, that's like actually the niche of tattoo. That's like the style of tattooing that I want to do is like helping people spiritually as much as from an artistic perspective or, um, you know, I mean, like, honestly, like as an artist, like doing a sound wave is not, not like what I look forward to, you know, like I, I want to do really cool psychedelic artwork, <laughs> yeah. you know? So, um, but but I still will make time to do sound wave tattoos for people because I know how important it is to their healing. And it's weird to think of tattoos as it's like, you know, they're so painful and they like, you know, they like take so much out of you, but like actually they're, they're so super healing and they can help people really like transform their lives. They're like not, they're like literally not the same ever after they get tattooed. And you know, we're like walking them through that transition, like from who they used to be to who they are now. And like, like that kind of shit is what I spend the most time thinking about. Like, that's what tattooing now means to me more than any other thing. Well, it sounds like the real classic tale. Young punk kid turned hippie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I totally. <laughs> it's funny because hearing you describe this and now knowing a little more where you're coming from as far as your philosophies on tattooing and stuff, I think the sound wave tattoos make a lot more sense. And it's totally something that you would do. Uh, I think that context really kind of changes how I see, you know, the, the conception of an idea like that from you. Thanks for giving me the chance to talk about it. Did, uh, have you ever seen any of the videos I made before this podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm, I actually watched the video you did with Ami, like the day before you messaged me, which was so rad. But I mean, before I had a podcast, I used to make videos before that. Have you ever seen any of the... Oh no, I didn't see any of those. Okay. Well, last year I made a video about sound wave tattoos. Cool. <laughs> How'd it go? So what I used to make were the like satirical videos kind of in, and when the sound wave tattoo, the first video you made came out where it, where it played the tattoo that I'm, I think you have on your leg that you did. Um, it like fit in perfectly with the kind of stuff where everyone's talking about it. Cause everyone sees that shit within a week on Facebook. So for a week, all my customers are saying, Oh, have you seen this new thing? Oh, these tattoos play songs or voices or whatever. And so I I made a video about Soundwave Tattoo, kind of in the style of like the testimonial of a person who would be getting it would be, and then uh, sprinkled in an element of like hidden mind control and all these like dastardly... Dude, I did see your video! <laughs> like the, the Soundwave Tattoo like takes over my life or something like that? <laughs> yes, that's the one. Yeah, I did see that. It's hilarious. <laughs> That's so good. Well, I'm here to That's say so I'm here to say no hard feelings, bro. I like you. I like you just fine. <laughs> oh, thanks. Nah, I mean, dude, I could totally appreciate that. Like, I was taking the piss out of myself. Like, I would, I, I'd be doing like interviews on these like national news outlets or whatever, and then I'd get done, and I would just like take the piss out of myself because, like, you know, a you can't be so I can't be so serious about everything, or it'll make me crazy. Yeah. And at the same time, like, I'm just on this crazy roller coaster. Like, you know, I'm trying to keep the train from going off the tracks. I'm trying to be as real as I can be and, like, be respectful to everybody. But, like, 
dude, if somebody's got a funny video that they're going to make about some piece of art that they did, like social commentary, I think that's amazing. Yeah. We get messages every day from people who said they went into a tattoo shop and the tattoo artist told them like, that thing's not real. It doesn't really <laughs> exist. It doesn't work, whatever. And it's like, no, like it's real. But dude, I'm so glad that that was you who made that video. That's so funny. I want to thank Nate Sigurd for being on the show and talking more about his sound wave tattoos. If you want to be more in tune with Nate, check him out at natesigurd.com. I also want to thank Jason Scott for stopping by the show earlier. You can check him out on Instagram at jasonscott523. And if you want to follow me, which I highly recommend, you can find me on Instagram at andrewstorts. If you liked the show this week, which I think you did if you're hearing this part, consider giving a rating or review on iTunes, preferably five stars. And if you don't like the show, just don't do the rating at all. If you want to keep up to date with everything you need to know about Books Close, including videos, show notes, every episode, whatever, check out booksclosepodcast.com. And next week, we're going to continue looking at tattooers who seek business opportunities inside and out of tattooing. So don't miss it. I will see you next week.